0: Going down, you are now tuned in to episode 150 of Not Politically Correct. It's your boy Rim McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Splash God, aka uh, No Cap Charlie, aka Doped Up Danny, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka FBI Mike, aka Hip Hop Harry, aka Hallway Jones, because your bitch had a ringtone at some point, and I know I was that nigga. So you can find me at
1: Roma, AKA Young Peanut.
0: aka Young Peanut shout out Danny. Danny boy. Um you can find me Danny? at uh Danny? Roma Court. Donny. Donnie Donnie. You know what I'm saying? Donnie, Danny, Danny. Vin. <coughs> Boy George, all of it. Um you can find me at uh,
1: Danny Phantom. Paul <laughs> Paul John Ringo.
0: <laughs> Paul George. Um Again, you can find me on Roomcore Rebel. That's for Snapchat, and Roomcore Kpz on Twitter all day, every day. Cody. Cody Russell. <laughs>
2: oh, you know your last name is Russell.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's yeah. Uh, the Aries silent. And See,
2: wait, you every... <laughs> <Pause>. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Russell, on every pause. <laughs>
1: See you, Russell.
2: It's Russ, the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. Kid Universal, a.k.a. The Progenitor, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. Russ the Bus. you will listening to The Quiet Storm. Okay. Uh, you can find me on the Chatties of Snap as Thaddeus of Snap... Uh, Thaddeus Snapchatties, Jesus. Thaddeus of right.
1: Snapchatties from you. Wilhelm Fowl. <laughs> oh.
2: I can do community C A N D I D underscore C U P I D I T Y. I D I T.
0: Idiots. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. So, just so you guys know, we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can look that group up and join the group for the festivities. We have a page you can like, NPC Podcast. You can do that for the internet numbers. We are on Twitter at PC Podcast. You can go ahead and follow us for more shenanigans. And you can go to SoundCloud, podcast, Spotify, uh, Spreaker, Google Play, anything that you can listen to shit on, except for title because they're racist. I don't know where that came from, but it's gonna be the thing from now on. Um, just uh, <laughs> search <from> <laughs> <laughs> Jay Z nah, doesn't like black people. He doesn't. You seen them dreads. Um, just search not politically correct podcast, and we will come up. You can listen to us. You can like us. You can leave a comment and tell us how good or how bad we are. Isn't we'll
1: politics
0: exactly? <laughs> exactly
1: isn't politics talk radio
0: um something like that yeah 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 uh that's they have talk radio for politics so i mean are we are we would we be talk radio if we we're on the radio
1: we are talk radio or e talk radio
0: oh wow look at us and the
1: e is for idiot
0: right <laughs> phenomenal and shit uh, Speak up. right <laughs> now it's time for
1: Michael Jordan is a playable character <laughs> <laughs> in the PGA 2, two or 2K23 two game.
0: Wow. There's a PGA? Uh,
1: I just put that together. that
0: Wait, what? is there a PGA game coming out for real?
1: Yeah, Schoolboy Q has been sponsoring, like, the last two or three of them, which I think is funny, but he's been golfing a lot. But, yeah, Michael Jordan, which I, I just put two and two together cause with a little bad weather, because um, 2 get 23 and Michael Jordan. Actually, um, fun fact, in in the National Ballers Association, he played as number 23 for most of his career. Uh, dude, so look at that.
0: You know what's crazy? So Fun fact. <laughs> so another fun fact about Michael Jordan, since we're on Michael Jordan. So you know those two seasons he was out, right? So my brother yeah. my brother One and a half. um something like that yeah so my brother um was with, was here up down here with me and he was, we were talking about this and he said that Michael Jordan they make it seem like Michael Jordan left the league for 2 years but he said that the truth is he was supposed supposedly suspended for gambling for 2 years the, like there's some like background Did you experience. not
1: watch the, the- did you not watch The Last Dance?
0: I did not watch the last part of The Last Dance. No, I didn't watch like the last like oh. few episodes.
1: <laughs> DJ Internet Explorer. <laughs> 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 so they, I think it was The Last Dance that they went over that, and both Michael and I think it was Donald Sterling said, uh, or David, No, what's his name, the David Stern. A dead dude. That was him, right? <laughs> David Sterling, there we go. That's a dead. Um, <laughs> he's, they both were, no, that, that was a rumor going on, that did not happen, which still, I guess, is up for speculation, because who's gonna say that they are gonna tell the full truth, you know? Right, right, right. But at the same time, also, obviously, with his dad dying, you know, it's like, you know, there's a lot of variables. Mm. There's,
0: <clears> there's also a conspiracy theory that... word
1: from the whore's mouth is, no.
0: <laughs> the horse. There's also a conspiracy theory that... Horses. Um... That's plural horse. Um, there's also a theory that he, Michael Jordan, actually his gambling has something to do with his father getting killed. Like he owed. Yeah, money to they somebody. covered that too. Yeah, man, damn. Did they, and I bet they said no about that. Those liars. Um, you watched
1: the first dance, <laughs>
0: <right>? <laughs> not the last one for sure. Not the last one. <laughs> oh man, let's continue, Cody. What else is going on in sports, my brother? Um, Oh, man,
1: I was going to save this for the transition, but this is basketball also, so this is, you know, it's just funny. NBA Live 2003 is the first certified platinum video game soundtrack in history with 1.3 million album sales worldwide.
0: Really? NBA Live? Yes. NBA Live 2003. Yes. I, I know Ludacris is on that bitch somewhere. I just don't know where, but I know he got to be on that bitch It it's 2003. It got to be ludicrous on that one. Huh. I wonder. Well, it yeah. looks
1: like he's holding the plaque, so he's behind it. Not on
0: it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dude, you know what? Uh, another NBA Live. NBA Live has always had some crazy-ass soundtracks, bro. Um, What was it? NBA Live 06? Oh, my God. They had one of the coldest Lupe Fiasco songs uh, called Tilted. It'd be like Tilted, Brim Low. And this car, yeah, guys, and this car rolled by like yeah, that was my shit. And I remember I would play the game just to hear that song. Like, I was, I, I, I didn't really, I, I was not even really in the video games at the time like that because I was like super into girls. But I was like, turn the game on just to, <laughs> to hopefully to, <laughs> uh, just to hopefully um, hear that record come on and shit. I was like, that was my shit. And I, cause my reason I couldn't find it on the internet yet, like it wasn't. He ended up re-releasing it. Um, it. Ended up getting released, I think, on his uh, Food and Liquor anniversary uh, CD, but it wasn't out at the time, and I couldn't, you know, I had to be—I didn't have a computer, so I had to be at somebody else's house with internet and computer to try to find that shit. So, but another random fun fact. What else is going on in sports? Coats.
1: John Wall said, "About the last two to three years of his life, I thought about committing suicide." carrying my Achilles, my mom passing, my grandma passing a year later. So, that's crazy. You know, shoot out to dog. I mean, shout out to dog. Well, Hopefully it gets better. Did you or it got sh- better. Did or, you say you know, shoot out to dog? Dude, are you kidding me? You're no. so evil.
0: I, I would know never.
1: A- <laughs> I am like Pope-ish. <laughs> but, yeah, it's crazy because uh, Tom Brady, he made – in his 22 seasons of playing, has made 10 Super Bowls. That means he has a higher chance of making a Super Bowl 45%, than Steph Curry has at making a three, at 43%. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so those random uh, facts are hilarious. Like, that. <laughs> dog. 45% of his career, he went to a Super Bowl. That's insane. That's like LeBron James, but LeBron. am membrane. LeBron James has been in, in the <laughs> finals like what, at least forty-five percent of his career though too, right?
2: Forty-five years. Yeah, forty-five right? years. He's <laughs> forty-five the, like, years.
1: For every time he goes in the finals, the follicle falls off and closes up for <laughs> him.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, man! So
0: now, if Kevin Durant yeah. could just explain to us why he LeBald James. LeBald <laughs> James, that's a good one.
2: <laughs> LeBald James and the infinity follicles. Follicle.
1: <laughs> in the infinity actually fun fact on that as we're talking about this I didn't even gonna talk about this Dwayne Wade on LeBron James said I know guys who rolled their ankle be out 4 weeks then I saw LeBron rolled his rolled it bad and came back in the 4th to to drop 20 when God made him he gave him everything except for his hairline <laughs> damn
2: <laughs> and apparently a, a good sustainable team man say so,
0: well I mean he got he gave me that few a few times, and then he was like, hey, "I'm gonna go ahead." Uh,
2: he trade teams like Pokemon. The fuck out of here. <laughs>
0: he's
2: only been,
0: hey. he's only been on what uh, four teams, right? Seven, yeah, seventeen. Right. Yeah, 17. No, he's only been on three teams. He went to. Yeah,
2: he's only been on three. <laughs> okay, wait. I, I was
0: like, "What the fuck? How many?" You had me thinking like, "Has this nigga been on five teams? What's wrong with him?"
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's not that he's been on five teams. it's that he's like trading, trading people.
0: seventeen different yes. teams? Man. <laughs>
2: I remember it
1: was when he, on. the on. what was it uh, LeBron James, it? gotta catch him all. <laughs> <laughs> Le, Le Speaking of which, the uh what was it? The Lakers, they picked someone up, a dude from oh here we go, Patrick Beverly, which is causing a lot of funny controversy <laughs> because him and Westbrook got beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: God, that meme, that meme, that meme with the uh, the the Bloods and the Crips tied the bandanas together. <laughs> <laughs> that shit hilarious, dog. Why the fuck did they get have... Patrick Beverly? First of all, I'm gonna say this: he's wild. He is wild. He's actually he's uh, irritating. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't like some of his personality. Like um, as a player, it's just uh, it's cool to to see him be such a character and be so emotionally attached to. What he says, because he's like one of those people that could be lying, but you be- but you just believe he believes what he what he says when he says shit. Like, like he could he- be lying, but he's an antelope. Like when but... he called uh, uh Chris Paul a cone. Like <laughs> everybody was like, what the fuck is he talking about? He- like.
1: He says some things that like he really I feel like believes and it's yep. so outlandish. Yep. It's like it's like a Max Kellerman thing. It's like get out of here. That's <laughs> no 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 no. Like he's not always wrong all the time, but
0: dude. But he is.
2: <laughs> but he is. So no. <laughs> he's not wrong all the time, but he is.
0: He's not like wrong, but he's definitely like not like right. So, um, he they said
2: of the time it works every
0: time <laughs> when he um when he was on the clippers and Paul was his name um he got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard they said he, he jumped on he was at, at a diner or something and he jumped on the table and said I'm getting an NBA championship now we know how that turned out for him but it's just hilarious because he'll just convince himself well, he didn't even have to do the, do the work. It's like rappers saying, I'm the best. Right, it's, it's like, like, dude. It's like, you know how many other motherfuckers out there that could see you? Right,
1: with this? you're 19, you live in Miami. You're... <laughs> <laughs> I like that that Mima says, like, young rappers nowadays look like the detention desk at school.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Speaking of beef, though, um, <laughs> there's always been a little clash going on between Kyrie and... Uh, Dude, uh, who's the coach? Uh Steve Nash. Um, supposedly oh, yeah. it started by Kyrie saying you need to give those MVP trophies back to Kobe because you didn't deserve
0: them. <laughs> at his house, at a party at Steve Nash's house. Really? You gotta fight me, bro. You gotta fight me, bro. And hey, my wife, no. <laughs> right. We finna we finna jump you, bro. <laughs>
1: Like, how Isn't you... that Rondo?
0: I mean, I mean, it's.
1: Kobe deserved a lot more MVP trophies than he got, but that's crazy.
0: Did Stephen Nash get two MVP trophies?
1: I think he was back to back.
0: Stephen Nash could what? be wrong. That's crazy. That is crazy, boy. That is crazy. And I know in the years he got him, Kobe. So Kobe was just. Even though Kobe didn't have a great team during the mid-2000s, he was still Kobe Bryant. So, like, right. even if they weren't making it to the finals... He
1: was the most valuable player.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. So, in conclusion, give those back, says Kyrie.
1: Uh, Grant Williams said about Stephen Curry, he said, I wore <laughs> I wore 30 in high school because of you, and I'm not wearing a ring because of you. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was kind of fun. Oh, uh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is going to the Cavaliers. It's, That's a big trade.
2: Oh, yeah, they was making, like, plenty of fuss on the internet about this shit. Right. I can't remember why, but, yeah, everybody's been talking about it.
1: It's probably the biggest trade or one of the biggest.
0: So, mm-hmm. so you thought um, Jazz are just in full-on rebuild mode, huh? Yeah they just destruction. <laughs> right. Where did Giannis wait, is where did where did Rudy Gobert go? Uh Minnesota. Okay, okay. I got all right, gotcha, gotcha. Damn. Hm. Giannis is
1: playing I think is it FIBA for the for Greek. Um which is it? Uh Troatia just slapped him. No, that was a good match though. But After that, though, Giannis had, (laughs) this is just nuts, (laughs) 62 points, 20 rebounds, 12 assists, 10 blocks. That's already a quadruple double. Three steals, zero turnovers, zero turnovers. He was 86%, and from the three-point line, he was 100%, 7-for-7. From the free throw line, he was 15-for-16. Jesus.
0: Jesus Christ! He was seven for seven from the three-point line.
1: sir yes, must be the wind.
0: Is it? <laughs> Wait a minute. So I just want to—I want to ask this question. Do we know if if FIBA's fucking Illinois bitch ass? Nah. Did we know if <laughs> FIBA's um, if their three-point line and 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 the American NBA's league three-point lines are the same distance? Because I just want to know is Giannis getting that good with his with his with his three-point? Because it's gonna be some issues for niggas this year if that if that's the case.
1: I don't know if they're the same or not, but I'm sure that little bit of difference isn't that huge to, compared to, like, a 20-foot field goal and then a three-point, you know. Right. That's yeah. more drastic.
0: We, oui. wee.
1: Oui. All right. I'll take three more things, and then we'll move on. Uh, take your, time.
0: Shaquem take your time.
1: Griffin, the dude with the one hand, he is retiring from the NFL. Um, I think he played three years Know, but but now he's going to be all, like, maybe, like, motivational speaker type of thing. Probably write a book. No, wait, 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 wait. Ooh, How are going to write a book,
0: you? Right. A, book. No, a book? He's right-handed.
1: Right. Probably speak a book. Speak a book, audio
0: book. <laughs> like
1: Stephen Hawking style. <laughs>
0: <laughs> speaker book. <All> right.
1: <laughs> speaker book.
0: That was good. That was good. That was good. Um, also just like to let you guys know Russell is going to be uh, going on a stand-up comedy tour because he's funny. Um very soon. <laughs> very, very soon. Um well, he's, he's been doing those squats, so it'll be a stand-up sit
1: down, stand-up, sit down <laughs> comedy tour.
0: Sit down comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's gonna be called uh Clapin Cheeks, Working Obliques, the tour. It's gonna be
2: ass. It's gonna be great.
0: It's gonna be great. Get your tickets now in Ticketmaster.
2: <laughs> Bring your yoga mask, because we are Right. right. <laughs> hey, bitch, <look. laughs> and <that's>... Lightweight, My
1: <laughs> That's a good transition to this one. Tom Hardy, um, he started, there was a movie he was in where he played an MMA fighter, and then he, because of that, got into, like, MMA fighting. He just won two gold medals in a whatever BJJ tournament is, blowjob job. <laughs> oh, um, yikes,
0: I was going to say. <laughs>
1: so, shout out to him. That's pretty cool. Shout out Venom. And the other thing is right here. The big news for the day. The Baltimore Ravens mascot is injured for the season. No, that's not the big news, but that is true. <laughs> After 27 years, Serena's career comes to a close. She had four Olympic gold medals, 23 Grand Slam single titles, 14 Grand Slam double titles, only tennis player to achieve the career Golden Slam in both singles and doubles, joint longest run as number one ranked female, 73 career titles, six USO. Her accolades just go on and on. Actually, I had another one that kind of relates to that.
0: Wait, can um, I ask the question? Um, yeah. So when did she announce this? Because I saw her t- trending yesterday, but I didn't realize what was going on. She
1: finished She finished her last uh, game um, and she gave an emotional speech afterwards. Wow. She lost that game, but she, I mean, just like usual, makes it pretty far, you know? Right, right. Damn, damn. 15 um, year old professional tennis player Corey Golf has made history by becoming the youngest player to ever play in the Wimbledon. Okay. Nice. And that that cool? uh, yeah, so so uh yeah, they're 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 really playing some difficult, tough games. <laughs> games. So what I'm doing here? Games. Right, um, before you get there, though. Speaking
2: um, of I'm games, you didn't, uh, sit
1: down. This is Derek. Time to sit down, not stand up. Okay. Games. <laughs> you,
2: didn't, you didn't mention this. Um, or that, that two K twenty three. Oh, is Michael Jordan a dreamer? Oh. edition. Oh, with J Cole on the cover.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Look at that, Our Lord and Savior Jermaine <laughs> Lamar Cole. He's going to be on one of the covers of 2K23. Thank you, Barty.
2: And one of the actual expensive covers. So you got the Devin Booker st- standard cover. You got Ooh. the digital, um, the Michael Jordan edition, the Michael Jordan Championship edition. They need uh, to have Hon- Michael Jordan
1: sit down for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Uh, I was interested that they have a WNBA edition too, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, like was- Garnett's down on that. there.
1: Yeah, it was just uh, I think one Or two years ago, that they actually started to have WNBA players on uh, there as well, which I think is yeah,
2: funny. they they um, had a mode too, didn't they? Where you could like actually play as the characters or so? right? Yeah, yeah they that's have what that, I'm yeah, now yeah. they have,
0: yeah, they inserted the full on WMBAs um on there now, but it's been like that for a few years, I think, too. Um,
2: oh, okay,
0: yeah, so it's it's definitely so I remember they're
2: talking about a mode, I didn't know they they had like covers. For him and in for him. So that's well it's just fun. not fair
1: because then you always pick LeBron's team and he's just injuring and elbowing these chicks and it's just no I'm kidding that would be hilarious. I'm but sorry yeah,
2: The dreamer edition is pretty cool.
0: That is, that is, and it's funny. Dream Come True edition. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Set your ass up. Okay. Um Baby what? Girl's awake. I'm gonna go get her. Talk about music. I'm just kidding. Well, that's funny that you say uh J. Cole is on the cover, because you know what else J. Cole does? He raps really well. And you know who else is in the... Because the... it's
2: high schoolers.
0: Right. It... <laughs> and goes to Canada and Africa to play basketball. badly, which is crazy that he got the cover. Uh, before we even... His annual three-game spree. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where he averages, like, two points a game and shit, um... But plays the whole goddamn game. Um he's the dj too he's gonna go to take his time <laughs> he's on the he does the halftime show as well um the crazy mm-hmm. thing about that before we, before we really transition to music where we're gonna stay in the realm of music and basketball is that dave east said dave east used to play basketball in aau i think with um or auu whatever that league is with kevin durant which is how kevin durant um ended up calling him um they used to be like you know teammates whatever and he ended up um, having him come come out to his house, um, in the early two thousand tens, which helped his Dave East music career that he was trying to get pop and take off. Um, but it's funny because Dave Dave East obviously plays basketball really well, always has and still does to this day. And he said if J Cole when J Cole tried out and went to Africa, and they were the rumors mm-hmm. that he was going to be trying out in for the nba dave east said if if j cole gets accepted in one of the nba teams i'm gonna wrap this rap shit up and i'm gonna go shoot my shot because he really hoops and like if you look at th- i
1: feel it's no no
0: shade at j cole but i'm pretty sure Dave East is better oh at, see- uh, basketball man you should see his highlights go go if you go to youtube or go to google right now I- you google dave east highlights and basketball that yeah. motherfucker's nice that motherfucker is nice as hell. Like he's, he, he played we play with Kevin Durant. Like if Durant. they take all the rappers that
1: actually try to ball and stuff like that, like he's probably he's the top best or one of the best. Yeah, he's
0: probably, probably top three. He probably a lot of these other niggas just be hooping. They say, but they say Dirk can really hoop though. Um, in fact, uh, Kevin Wait, Durant, Dirk? yeah, Low Dirk, Kevin Durant. I think it was Kevin I'm Durant. Like, yeah, Dirk Nowitzki can do it really <laughs> Yeah. <slowly." laughs>
1: <laughs> No, they said, but Lil Durk is actually Lil, like, like no, yeah, he's, isn't he like?
0: I don't know. I don't how know what old is,
1: his, is Kevin Hurt? No, i kidding.
0: I don't know what his height is. Um, I think he might be like around like the 5'7 range. But yeah, they Kevin Durant said he said of all the basketball players, or all the rappers that rap. <laughs> I don't think he was including Dave East, because we all know Dave East. He said of all the rappers that rap. Um, little Dirk, dirt. Dirk. can really ball. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he said that. He said Dirk can really ball. LeBron
1: can really ball,
0: man. <laughs> you a Penny. LeBron uh. can. Never- <laughs> LeBron, dude, look at Um, but yeah, so Davies. Davies always said that he's gonna try for a basketball team, and I and I highly encourage anybody that likes basketball highlights go check out Davies. That, that nigga can. He he was on uh, the Breakfast Club, and he was like, "Listen, when basketball stopped working, I said I got a rap because I'm like 6'4", 6'5". I'm a tall-ass nigga. I can't be working at McDonald's. Like, how can I help? He was a funny-ass clipper <laughs> just talking about how he was too tall. He had to figure out some shit because the basketball was the only thing that made sense with his height and shit. So, um, shout-out Davies. But, in to go to the next uh, segment, these rappers, these basketball players are also rappers. And another rapper that's also tall also play basketball the game in the game in <laughs> ea sports is in the game looking ass ea sports on taylor um so a brief quick not quick at all lesson in california rap so west coast the west coast is the birthplace of and has been the home to many hip-hop legends young and old past and present the longtime counterpart to the boom-bap sound, of the East Coast, the West Coast hip-hop scene took the world by storm when artists like Ice T and N.W.A. introduced gangster rap to the masses. That shifted the culture and had so many people talking that Easy E ended up being invited to the White House by Ronald Reagan. Eventually, <laughs> I did not know that you did not. Yes, he went to the, yes. Easy E was uh, game. Game actually has a, off his first album a song called "Dreams," where he says. Um easy Compton had uh Jerry Cole dripping on Ronald Reagan shoes because uh, <laughs> yeah, no, because he actually got invited to the White House by Ronald Reagan because he just wanted to talk about, you know, the gangster rap shit. So glow. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and shit was dripping. Um eventually though, NWA producer Dr. Dre branched out with the help of Suge Knight to create Death Row Records and helped create stars like Snoop Doggy Dog, The Dog Pound, Lady of Rage, and more. At the height of its popularity, the West Coast had more bona fide superstars and were selling mm-hmm. more records than anyone. A fun fact, Dr. Dre's stepbrother Warren G's album Regulate, a G-Funk era, saved, no, no. saved Def Jam from bankruptcy when it sold 3 million records. Eventually, a few years later, they would need another saving when the Angel DMX came in and saved them again. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know what the fuck was going on in Def Jam. Anyways, they were on top of the world and then something happened. In the midst of this triumphant rain and East Coast, West Coast beef, one of the biggest faces, Tupac Shakur, gets shot and killed. And things get eerily quiet on the West Coast for a while. This is all critical. I'm I'm doing this for a reason. Things get quiet for a while outside of Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Snoop. And please understand that Dr. Dre and Snoop even were quiet for a few years after '96. No one was really releasing music. Shout out to the Exhibit because he did start back in the early 2000s. He was one of the only few. Lawn ass funeral. <laughs> Who was uh, a <laughs> um, one of the active guys that was making dope shit? Again, he was under Doctor Dre's umbrella though, and it yep. stayed that way for the most part. Really, ser- seriously, for the most part, until, until fit my
2: ride, and then we lost <laughs> our credibility.
0: <laughs> until two thousand, which was around this time, until two thousand five. After years of sitting on the shelf in the background of aftermath. And being given a facelift, as he called it, on Lloyd Banks' "The Chips Are Down" record in two thousand and four, off "Hunger for More," by being accepted into G Unit by 50 Cent, Compton, California native and Blood Gang member JC on Taylor, aka the Game, descended upon rap. Okay, his debut album, the documentary, is considered a classic by. Descended. M- Decent it came down. I was saying it came down. Um.
1: But right,
0: yeah, I just, saying no, ascended. I just don't think that's correct. It'd be Ascended. Oh, BMX well, oh, descended from rap. Right. Oh, shit. Well, then, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Um, Damn. It's, all right. Thank you. Ascended upon rap. <coughs> His debut album, the documentary is considered a classic by many. Sold 4 million, 4 million copies world. Actually, 5 million copies worldwide and is credited with giving life back to the coast. So when you look at everyone currently repping for the West Coast, from YG to Kendrick Lamar, they were all influenced by and helped by the game. And most of them have said this out loud, especially KDOT. Even after being kicked out of G unit and removed from Aftermath because of his beef with 50 Cent, game stood tall and remained a force on the coast, dropping multiple- What
2: oh, no, tall, What He's like
0: 5'8". Game (laughs) Game's like (laughs) (laughs) 6'4 He's like 5'8 Shout out Kendrick Lamar though, 5'5 But He stood tall Remained a force on the coast dropping multiple albums Like his sophomore and my favorite game album Well, second favorite The Doctor's Advocate And one of my personal favorites What I just realized is my favorite album Based on theme and album structure Jesus Peace Selling 40 million records to date. He has done something that up until that point, only Snoop had, had done. Which was carry that cold coast on his shoulder. Even when people like Ice Cube and um, Tupac were you know, big on the West Coast, there were other artists doing West Coast shit. So they weren't the only West Coast artists. They might have been the biggest at times, but they weren't, weren't the only ones. Um, after pac Def, the only real essential West Coast artist that was, you know, still doing the numbers and shit was Snoop. So, Game came in and really made a uh, an avenue for rappers to be able to do that shit again from the West Coast. So, I say that before we start this only because Game doesn't get his flowers for what he's done and how he's, um basically how he is helped to move West Coast rap into the 2000s and currently kind of usher in, you know, we don't get a Kendrick Lamar or a J-Rock or we don't really get a lot of TDE shit without that influence of the game. And they've, multiple people from TDE have said this. Um, You know, we don't get a YG who's also a Compton Blood (laughs) without game paving the way because people have stopped putting money in on West Coast artists. So, we thank him for that. But, Game has proven time and time again that he is a force to be reckoned with, and now, he does it again with his 11th studio album, Dramatic, Heart Roars Mine. This 29, originally 30, <laughs> track, Body of Work, it's extremely long, pause, but, does length equal quality here? Okay, pull back for a second. Fellas, who taught me what ascend and descend means, uh, what do you guys think about this album? Whoever wants to start, I just want to, quick thoughts on what's going on here. Cody?
1: Um, well, I think a good preface would be for the whole thing is that it's called Dramatic Heart Versus Mind, which we get the feel of like uh, Mr. Morale and The Big Steppers, how that was cut into there's like a part one, part two for certain reasons, right. and it was very distinct. That was <clears throat> game. Listen, that was very distinct, distinct. You could tell what was one, what was the other. They were even numbered differently. You could hear difference, difference, drill difference. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, this uh, <laughs> Drill-ference. there was a story about how there's like part, you know, half his heart, half his mind, blah 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 it really like was all jumbled all together. Like he just spilled it all on the floor and just threw it into a bowl. And like, here you go. I-, I wish it was organized a little better so you could hear the difference because there are some songs that are like heart and some other songs that are more mind and blah, blah, blah. But overall, uh, it's really good. It's really it's long. long pause. Um, it could, uh, been like part a part b <laughs> probably part c
2: <laughs> side to c
1: but um yeah there's a there's a little variety too going on um which is nice um it's just I, I think not one of those albums that you can pick up unless you're either like i got a road trip i'm gonna do you know or cleaning for a long time okay. or you're like i'm just gonna listen to the specific song and that's it or like these Few three or something like that, a little chunk, you know?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, uh,
1: I but I'll give probably give it a eight, 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 give or take.
2: Oh! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Olivia mm-hmm. was surprised.
0: Right. She <laughs> was like, what? <laughs> okay, okay. I fuck with <laughs> that. I fuck with that. Okay. Russ, the barman. man. What'd you think?
2: Alright. Uh, so does City? Um. It's funny that um, you went into the whole TDE thing because it, it definitely has that vibe as far as like how Kendrick's albums can be. Um, at least he doesn't do multiple double songs. That shit is annoying. Um I really, I really hate that. You talking about when um, the song like ch- Changes,
0: like mid-song?
2: Yeah, just, oh, yeah. I mean, but it's like two different songs. Not like it's like yeah. the same song. Transition, oh. Oh, like, my, oh, my God. Two fucking different songs. Like, put it on two different I that. um Go ahead. I'm
0: going to let go ahead.
2: <clears throat> but, uh, so one of my favorite tracks is Outside. Um, it's very smooth to me. Real nostalgic. Um yes. Made me think of like old mixtapes and, you know, even even like the track quality for a lot of these um, songs is really remi- really reminds me of like uh, Kendrick or Cole albums as far as so, like the track quality um, No Man Falls I probably listened to like six times I really like that one um, La La Land felt real old school especially with like the masterpiece sounding track in the background yeah the, uh, was it how, how, how you do that there? I think it was the song. It was similar, similar to it, it was, <singing> that was the. Uh, that I was,
0: see, I thought that was the uh, that was uh, boom. Oh yeah, throw your neighborhood in the air. Don't don't if you don't care. That also that Ice Cube joint. That's what I thought he got it from.
2: Yeah. Um, it sounded like that Master P, How you do that there? That's maybe what they, I thought it was. Maybe
0: they sampled the same. Maybe those two songs sampled the same shit. So. I, it probably was. It probably was because you know they, you, niggas will chop up a sample sixteen times and flip it in, in a certain way. So I don't, I'm not right. wrong at all. Um,
2: man, um, all in all, this CD felt like really old school to me, like like a cat from the '90s modernizing his sound to try and reach young cats while not varying too far away from like his personal sound. Oh wow. Um, my flag was really catchy. Um, I usually dig a lot of games material, so this one is a is another decent album to me um it's a really smooth uh listen for the most part and of course you got some of the tra- tracks that you get you hyped and stuff like that but yeah. i was surprised because i thought he lost his mind coming from him but i'm digging it i, I maybe give it to like uh 8.99 9, something like that
0: yeah you said 8.9 okay damn okay <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll fuck with that well we to, today in this music segment i'm gonna break some shit down um and try not to bore y'all shit too long but also i'm gonna come back to some particular shit that i want y'all to answer so um so with this album as usual i'm gonna break down my three favorite things the first thing and i needed to say this on record because i i don't say this i haven't said this enough i feel like here i've said this in the group chat i've said this when in texting people years and passing but i want to say this on record so we have it so that people can reference this one of my favorite things about this album is Game as a rapper and how his name has always fit his persona, okay? Game has the ability to mimic or transform into anyone in the rap game. I've, it's, it's fucking, it's like a talent that's so insanely good. Like, and, and On one hand, you want to be like, what the fuck is he doing? Why is he sounding like that? But on the other hand, it's like, damn, this is kind of skillful because it just embodies rap. It embodies like being fans and and a student of this shit and studying how motherfuckers will spit something and then just being able to like say, I'm such a fan of you. I'm so into what we do as artists. <laughs> you don't like that? Damn, I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> so game has the ability to mimic. call him a copycat ninja. <laughs> mimic. I call him. I call him. Um, He's a me of that Pokemon. What's his name? Ditto, the pink, the pink mm-hmm. joint. Every time I think of the game, I think of that because um, he pink Pikachu. Exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can tell he's a student of the, of the great, all the great MCs that have come before him, and even his peers and current rappers. You see Game do this uh, Ditto shapeshift talent on this album over multiple songs. Uh, an example being "Burning Checks" with Fabio featuring 504. This this song is a direct play on. The Brooklyn Drill music sound um, from the beat and the way he and Fabio, who's also a Brooklyn Drill, like the main Brooklyn Drill artist himself, uh, flows. Um, Game recreates Fabio's flow and cadence to a T, but not at all in a way that sounds like corny or like he's still in the style. More so in a way that allows him to blend his style with his collaborators. He does this on other albums, like one of my favorite joints he does this on, man. Oh, God. He got a song called Speakers on Blast off of his fourth album, the Red album. Um that is just insane because he's he's rapping with Big Boy and and E40 and he on his T he actually has two verses and on his verses he if you know anything about Big Boy's cadence, you know he raps like a like a it's like a bouncy I always call it like a like a bouncy uh Student type of it's like a schoolboy not schoolboy cute, but like a schoolboy style. It's like an articulate ethernet. Yes, yes, that you fucking go. Thank you, Cody. You are coming through today with the words. It's an articulate bounce where and it's the MI cricket letter and no hey, one better. And when I'm on the microphone, you best what well, guess what that cause I'm cooler than the polar bears toenails. Oh hell, that is what game recreates in his song with Big Boy, and you have to be a big boy fan in order to do this, I feel like. And so game who said he studied different artists? Goes on the track and he's like, uh, I forgot what the line is, but he's like, and then you boy's been a number, in the like the way he's bouncing across is very direct, articulate with a bounce. It's so big boy that I'm like, damn. At first I was like, what the fuck is he doing? But it, I just realized how much he can embody somebody. Then he does it again on the track. He has a track with um, DJ Quick. Um, I forgot the name of the track off of his album, um, The Documentary 2.5. That whole album. Um, He has a track with DJ Quick, and boy, let me tell you, that motherfucking track that he has, yes, it's fire. The way, but but if you know DJ Quick, you know how DJ Quick raps. It's like, 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 he has this, like, kind of funky, funky flip style that he does, and game takes that and raises the pitch of his voice. And he does this shit without even trying. It's not like it sounds like he's trying to make fun of you. Like He's really like, I'm a fan, and guess what? I can do what you do, and when you come on the track with me, I'm going to try to be as good as you. It's so tight to me. Fingers. Like that. Right, uh, <laughs> well, you know. Um, I just, it's so raw, the way he does that shit. I always thought that that was cool as fuck, you know. And it's something that balances out the fact that he says everybody's fucking name like 30 fucking million times, man. He says Frank Ocean's name four times on his one album. Drake's name like five times, one album. Kendrick's name like four times, one album. Bro, bro, listen, we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. You love, we get it. Stop saying everybody's Hey, man. Goddamn. Whew, that's nothing, neither here nor there. But, um, he does this again, though, on this album with Money Cash Clothes with ASAP Rocky. He takes Rocky's Harlem Lace Bounce and plays that into the, into, like, the way he dances across his. Jay-Z and Dude, yep, go I ahead. was
1: doing Dishes when listening to this, and yeah. that song came on, I was freaking out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I just cool. like that they were using that, beat, uh, that old Jay-Z and DMX song, and then just how they did it. And I'm like, yep. It, it, yep. it's not like they couldn't have done it better, but they it wasn't to let down, like, you guys ruined this, you know? It was,
0: it was yep. like... They put their
2: spin on it. They put their spin on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I really um, felt like that for this whole CD. Like, none of the... Uh, even when they did, like, the Thug Sharks Bone uh, in the background, I'm like, this somehow fucking fits. Like, I wasn't upset that they took this song that's a classic and, like, they ruined it. They really, like, enhanced all those the tracks that they <laughs> used. It was, like, really impressive. It's
1: like they did their own thing to it, too, you yeah. Know?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's and like and, let me try to remake it. And that's right. what Game said this was supposed to come out in July. It didn't come out until it was actually supposed to come out earlier this year. Then it got pushed to July. Then it didn't come out in July. It didn't come out until August um twelfth, I believe. And he said so, the game's a game lie, right? right. <laughs> so, oh, he's a t- Game's a top quality liar. We could get into that. That's a whole nother episode. uh Be honest, he's a he's a great rapper, but that nigga be lying his ass off. Um, He said, bro... Yeah, I didn't think it was the real Black Slim (laughs) Shirt. This man... This man said that 50 Cent only helped him. He... On that... that, uh, 300 bars or whatever shit that he just... g it on, he said that 50 Cent only helped him on two songs. Now back to some killer shit. 50 Cent is credited as writing six songs. There are even... Um... Uh... What do you call those tracks? Um... Guidance tracks or... Or, you know... Demo tracks or whatever the fuck... I forgot the name of the track. It's early. Um... But 50 Cent is on those tracks recording, and then game is take basically ripping that flow and that bounce and that chorus and all of that shit. So he said he helped him on two songs and he helped him on six. So he's a blatant liar. Anyways,
2: though,
0: <laughs> um, he does it again. He does this again when he taps into his inner killer cam on Killers with Cameron. You, dude, you, dude, even when he makes the, he has this bar where he was like, Lewis Hamilton, head ass nigga. That's a Cameron. That is a Cameron thing to do. Cameron would say some goofy ass ribbon shit in a song. That is Cameron. Eat from the way he flows it to the way he does it. He just embodies Cameron in that in that uh, record. And I laugh every time he says that Lewis, Lewis Hamilton hair ass nigga. Like it's just funny, man. Um, but he does this throughout the album, and that's just one of my favorite things. And so it helps to create um, a, a big experience that is the game. Like you can't get this anywhere else. And I love that he does this on this album. And you know, stick like stays true to like how he does his shit, man. Bars, <laughs> yo, we finna get into some bars real quick for y'all. Um, game is easily to me top 10 West Coast, <laughs> like top 10 West Side masters of ceremonies, man. MCs, he and he does prove this time and time again and yet again with the amount of bars and flows that he spits on this album. Just some examples, we don't do we just gonna run through some examples real quick for y'all. Uh, that's
1: the one I texted you last night. <laughs>
0: Oh, we go. We, we gonna get through it all. We gonna get through it all. Um, in fact, let me. I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull. I got a bunch of them, but I'm gonna make sure I pull up the one that Cody texted me too, so we can talk about that. Um, but, <laughs> man, <laughs> I'm gonna say that for the last one. That's hilarious. Um, so, one record, talk to me nice. One of my favorite joints on here. Um, uh, where they sampled that. Uh, that. Dogs in the club throwing up. Taking that gas and that's sand though the sample clearance on this motherfucker going crazy. That's why another reason he pushed it, he, he said he had so much shit on here, man, he got to get it cleared, man, and I'm glad that he waited because that's that motherfucking sample go crazy. But um on there one second, the court starts to spaz. Perfect. Okay, cut that out, Cody. <clears throat> on there, on that talk to me nice, he says, yeah, um, stop, <laughs> They're killing rap niggas. I'm losing competitors. I pull up in a in a red rose. Stop giving flowers to niggas. I'm better than me versus everybody, nigga. It is what it is. <clears throat> and you know I'm going. And you know I'm gang related. Let us in tonight. I came with my relatives. Like, like it's so simple. It's so simple. But he's going off. If you like the flow, he the way he pausing in the flow, killing these niggas. I'm losing competitors. Pull up in the red rose. Stop giving flowers. The way he's bouncing on that. And then when he does with the gang related, he said, and you know I'm gang related. Let us in because now I came with my relatives, like, bro, that's such a slick-ass line, bro, and this ain't even a, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the, the bars that this nigga is getting off on this whole, like, record, bro. Um, he got another one. A slick-ass punchline on Stupid, with him him featuring Big Sean, one of my favorite tracks, again. He says, Richard, Millie, Wrist on Silly, mil- million dollars worth of game like Wallow, Gilly. I know Meek, I know Beans, I sold pretty crack, I'm on the freeway, I know Philly. First of all, Cold. Second of all, Wallow Gilly, me and I was with the game podcast, but they're also from Philly. Dog, then the way he broke down the state property, you know, people like, <laughs> and talked about selling crack on the freeway. It's simple, but he just cold. He cold with bars, bro. And we just, it, it just keeps building, keeps getting up, man. Even in the emotional songs, one of my favorite tracks, bro. This is, this, I turn this CD on and go straight to this track, and this is like track number like 25 or some shit like that um twisted he be like shoot shoe shadows over the roaches we will crush you niggas step over niggas like ai do you be looking up at cornrows like Tyron (laughs) lu we send bitches to your section to spy on you ring camera on the tech i got my eye on you we don't switch sets never have never will certified gangster niggas bandanas is dip set killer cam killer cali Nigga, little Uzi's, big sweats, triads, essays, blood crip and them Sets. Like, bro, that Tyron Lulon is so, so it's a fucking hilarious but fucking tight. And you, know, you gotta know the aggression in which Game raps. Like the way he pours that aggression on, on you, bro, it's insane, bro. Like it's just in his voice, this shit be coming off so it's so heavy and it's so dope because I don't think anybody can do it the way game does it, bro. Again, as it starts up, money, cash, clothes. This man said, sup, Andre. Far as the rest of you niggas, slide on you, mask on. Nigga, I'm yeah, Yeah, style on you, bitches. Flying birds over OVO. Flying birds before OVO put the eye on the stitches. I've been in the mix. Deleon with the F and N on. It's hit or miss. They saying, rest in peace, because I let it rip. I used to rock ASAP when I flicked the wrist. Now this nigga ASAP Rocky hopping in the whip like... Dog, this nigga's just is just so, and again with Game's aggression and the way he pushes that shit out, like like <laughs> he is such a, a rapper that you have to like listen to vibe to kind of get any experience of. And so I just appreciate how it's not many rappers when they talk shit that I'm like, damn, this nigga he means that. Sometimes when I hear Game, I'm like, damn, this nigga might really be. It's just the the way the delivery and shit is all it's cold, bro. And the last. You know how
1: yep, ASAP Rocky is a little questionable sometimes? <laughs> he said, he ended his verse saying, it's not a purse, it's a merce. I said, bitch, do you know what a merce means? <laughs> <laughs> Man purse, it's a purse. <laughs> but carry on then. I don't know how you
2: got around and
0: Right. <laughs> We're the same make-overs. he We bought a lot of Fenty, so it was like a she had to type shit. Um, the game also says he's with her for the discount. Right, exactly. Oh, the last out, last track, um, "Universal Love," which is so it's just such an interesting track because it's like, bro, you got all this gangster you just in this this album with "Universal Love" and like Chloe Bailey. It's like, bro, if you and if you listen to the lines, it's so hilarious. Like, it's not he's trying to do something positive. are not gonna appreciate that, it, but it's kind of it's just funny that it ends the album. But in there, he says, "If gay is happy, then I'm Isaiah Rashad." What the fuck game? Like, what the fuck? Why would you say? Why would you be like that, bro? Why would you say that? He's he's an interesting character, man. He's interesting. But I could do this shit all day. But you get the point. He the, the kid writes, man. The kid writes. And I love I love that line in um the beginning of uh, Money Cash Code, And He says, "They saying they saying rest in peace because I let it rip." I'm like, it's so that's dope, bro. Um, but the third thing that I really like about this album, and this is a third important thing, because we're gonna break this down, the Black Sim Shady. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this year, while on an episode of Nori Nori and DJ EFN's Drink Champs podcast, Game, they asked me a question about Eminem, and Game said that he was better than Eminem. And that's and mm-hmm. let me let me tell y'all something.
2: He used to, he used to say, I used to be scared of him. I used to think, you know, he was untouchable type shit.
0: Yep, exactly, exactly. You supposed to be, if you a rapper, man, man, when I, listen, when I was rapping, I thought I was better than every nigga in the city. Like, I was like, I convinced myself of that, and the more I did that, the better shit my bars got. Like, you're supposed to feel like you that nigga. So I was never mad at game for saying that and people get so heated and and it, this just made me realize some people get so heated when the motherfuckers say that Eminem, that they better than Eminem. And I don't know why.
1: Patrick Beverly type shit.
0: Right. <laughs> I don't know why people are not allowed to say that. Niggas will put Nas and Jay-Z against each other all day and argue who's better than that. But there's a set of niggas, and I don't even know if they niggas really, but it's a set of people that <laughs> will get mad if somebody challenges Eminem. And as an Eminem fan, I ain't gonna front, man. Outside of the Benzino Ja Rule shit, like he, he did beef, he did, he did, he did beef for people. But a lot of his shit was just random jabs at pop stars. He didn't. He now. Nah, he never backed down to nobody. Cannabis said his name. He said cannabis don't want no beef with Slim. No, told him ASAP. He went at. Uh, i was in the Jermaine code. Jermaine wrote hey,
2: a he brought a whole uh, cannabis. Song for, uh, oh cannabis, uh, we're cannabis. for outside <laughs> <laughs> Are you from Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> or, or just a janitor? Hey, hey. <laughs> oh
0: man. Um, and if y'all know anything about him, uh, when he. Uh, the the last track on D12's amazing album Devil's Night is called Girls. Um, yeah. he he got off pause.
2: Got
0: he He got off in Fred Durst, DJ Lethal, uh, Everlast. He got off in all um, their ass. Whole
2: limb is- man, the whole li- <laughs>
0: lip, motherfucker, limbus, So I'm telling you, yeah. right, that's one of my favorite Eminem tracks, low key. Um, DJ, when I fucking see you, dog, I'm swinging on you. <laughs> you um, <laughs> um, But yeah, so that uh, so anyways <laughs> off subject, game goes on the episode, he says he better than Eminem this leads to multiple interviews and media appearances where he is asked to elaborate on this in which he begins to take a stance where he stood on this and as a result leading up to the release of this album the game told everybody that while he respects M. And his ability he thinks he's better now and he would be dropping it just aimed at eminem because of that people made it seem like he just came i mean unless unless i'm wrong anybody can who listens to this podcast can come on and correct me you know it's not decent it's us saying you can correct me you could tell me game said on because uh, i'm pretty sure i watched it i'm pretty sure that they asked him about something about eminem and he said i'm better than him now i'm better than him Tenori and motherfuckers." Asked him about it, and after like the second interview, he's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna diss him. I'm gonna diss him because y'all got me, y'all got me fucked up. So if I'm wrong, yeah,
2: because, because, the whole thing was he was like, you know, I used to think, you know, him was better than me, um, and then it was like, what you're saying? <laughs> it was like, I'm better. I'm better now. Right. Um, and then he was like, you don't want, you don't want beef with, uh, with him. And he was like, why don't I? Matter of fact. <laughs> That's when he like started getting all puffed up and shit like that, right. <laughs> um, which is why I said like I thought he lost his mind. Um, M doesn't necessarily have a track record for, uh, like you said, beefing with people, but he never backs down from the beef. Like he he sees if they're worthy enough for him to respond, because like the whole Nick Cannon shit was never gonna fly. <laughs> M was like, who the fuck, dog? Are you serious? But MGK, he killed. <laughs>
0: Man, I don't. I feel like. Ooh, I feel like MGK. Look, he got up in his ass with rap devil. I ain't gonna front my shit. I feel like MGK. Look, he's. he Him and MGK. I
1: feel MGK like, would love to get in other guys' ass. I, if, yeah. That's sweet.
0: He's Isaiah Rashad. Nah. No, I feel like they got to a standstill. I don't feel like.
2: UG, I, I think MGK stopped because he was like, "Okay, I think that's enough." <laughs> He's like, "He's like, that's all I had was everybody else's lines and I used them." All. Man,
0: I fuck, man, I don't know. I fuck with rap, rap devil. He
2: murdered that nigga dog.
0: Man, y'all, I, 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 no, I don't know, man. I fuck with rap devil. To me, rap devil to me is harder than kill shot. To me,
2: it's kill, to me. kill
1: shot. You gotta well, go. It's okay to be wrong twice in one episode.
2: I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> You got to go re-listen to Killshot G. I'm, I'm going
0: I'm to I'm go back. Well, let me tell you, Rap Devil was on my phone. It's been on my phone since 2018, 2019. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 definitely my shit. But <laughs> she said, no, shut that shit up. But, yeah. so, he said he's going to be dropping a diss track. While there has been a lot of debates about how good or how bad this track is, I have some key mm-hmm. things I want to say about it. One, turning into Eminem on his ditto shit. He does this so many times on the record. In fact, I would say he embodies Eminem, especially the Slim Shady persona in the bars. and slight Cadence. (laughs) Which is also hilarious because he says in the track um, that Eminem never understood Ebonics or Cadence. Hilarious line. Hilarious line. Almost as funny as him saying that he had a do-rag on for 10 years and not one wave. Hilarious. Hilarious. But Um, he embodies m pretty much the entire track in addition to that gang spends the time recreating m's eminem's best moments and bars on record to diss him (laughs) let's get into it (laughs) examples when he raps hi i'm the black from shady serious is uh, just the obvious play on the my name is record or when he says I killed Dr. Dre in my basement last night I was wasted last night I went ape shit last night Chopped his body up And forgot where I placed it last night Had a slice of humble pie Couldn't taste it last night <sighs> He said <laughs> I love that shit bro Just the way That sounds so Eminem Just the way he get, gives it to us How he wrote It's super M, bro Go on and say <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Lost my taste buds Lost my taste and my smell I got my I got Omarion Marion. <laughs> It's a play on the it's so stupid It was a play yeah. on the Mar Cron <laughs> I, yeah. I lost my taste and my but the it's funny because guess what? Eminem does this bro. Eminem would yeah. do some shit like bro, listen. He said I lost my taste and my smile I got a Marion. Me and Doctor Fauci went to Crazy Girls and then we got our party on. And again, if you listening to the record, the way he says this shit, man, it's a direct play on the real Slim shady. The... Uh, in the basement last night. I went to ape shit last night when Dr. Dre said huh, nothing, you idiot. Dr. Dre's dead He's locked in my basement. Like it's a direct play on the Russel Shady Amazing. He keeps going when he does the lines. So oh, I'm on the. So oh, he goes platinum and oh, I'm on the math with him. He got all the the blackest friends. He wants to be African. Me left for dead on the doctor's advocate. Dre never produces. I Dre never executive produced it. I just imagined it. Direct play on Lose Yourself. When he goes, um, I forgot the lines. There. Oh, he you know, goes, oh, he you goes, know, I can't remember the, the, I hate Lose Yourself. I can't remember the lines he says right there, but. that back to reality. Oh, the go, gravity. Oh, they go, tr-. like, literally, literally taking Eminem's best hits and flipping them. And he does it. he, and he's doing it in only a way that game can. With that ditto fucking shapeshift shit that he does out of. Homage because he put, because he's like studied him. He's been he's on record for many years. When in 2010, when uh recovery came out, he called recovery an instant classic and said he never wanted to be with him. on his on the track uh we ain't um with Eminem off the documentary. He's after M's verse. He comes back on this on the third verse and says, "Hey, get Dre on the phone quick. Tell him M just killed me on my own shit." Like he knows he's always had an uh, uh, admiration for him so the only way you yeah. can pull this off is to respect him lyrically but know that like at this point the student has become the teacher and he does it well i don't care what nobody says bro. if y'all i feel like if niggas... i disagree
2: then i disagree because this what this sound like to me is the notice me senpai type of shit you know what i mean like look look at me i'm do, I'm doing well now type of shit you know what i mean <laughs> you, you you think so yeah, that's how I feel. Like this whole publicity shit, and I'm better now. Just kind of, uh, kind of like when the student is, uh, is a what they call it, um, posturing towards the teacher. Like, okay. you know, you've taught me everything that I think you know, um, so I'm gonna show you that I'm better. And it's not necessarily that the teacher has passed on the mantle; yeah. uh, it's that the student thinks he's better than the teacher.
0: So it's kind of on some. So kind of on some um Mordo shit from the comic books not the actual Mordo that we see in the doctor Strange mm-hmm. film. um okay okay and, and that's a and that's a fair statement I just I'm so I'm gonna I'm wrap up the, these pieces and i'm gonna say and I'm gonna say something about the disc record that I like um uh, or why I think it's a good disc record um so again on lines like he's and he's bringing up lines in reference to Eminem's songs. So even if he's not doing the cadence or whatever, or he's not doing the bounce, he's referencing shit from Eminem's career. So he says a line yeah. like, D'Angelo Bailey got in shape to your ass again, referencing lines from Brain Damage. Not to mention, he's doing all of this. This is the kicker. He's doing all this while being driven to Eminem's house by an Uber driver that just happens to be, drumroll please, Matthew, the living younger brother of Stan. From the songs. To, it's real bri- It's fucking There's brilliant. a lot
1: of underlying stuff that if you don't really know Eminem's history that well, like when he sure. says "Little Debbie, and I had to yep. explain to Siri that, that that, uh, M's mom's name is Debbie. Yeah. And he said that his dad ate Little Debbie cakes when she was 15 and stuff. So like, oh, dude. Yep. And I didn't
0: even. I didn't and even. And then talking about his stepbrother. I, I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know that his dad was 22. It, but that's some shit that's cool because it's like, that's real beef. Where not real beef, but like real tactical behavior on the part of game, because that right. sounds like some shit. Where when they were on the yep. label together, he have got that story out of him, and now he can repeat. Because I don't think him has ever, unless he probably he, go ahead. He probably had to hook up with
1: uh, who's that Canadian uh, interview guy do, 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 to <laughs> get all this information, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nar-
0: <laughs> Shout out Nardwuar, by the way. Um, uh, random, <laughs> random. There's a little, there's a black girl that does that same shit now. And I think it's super dope because Narwar is like, influenced her. And I think that she is uh, pretty good at what she does. So shout out Narwar. Shout out, I think her name is Jazzy or something like that. Jasmine. Um, but yeah. It's the same one I'm thinking of. Uh, if you're talking about same, doing the same shit, uh,
1: interviewing people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he has his own, like, way to do it. I don't think she's doing... It like him. No, know, no, 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 she, no. She's no. Got his own style, but she—if it's the same girl—I'm thinking. of, she, she's a uh, does a really good job, especially for how young she
0: is. Yeah, yeah, I think. Really it,
1: impersonable and outgoing. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, I think we're talking about the same girl. Same girl. Same girl. Pause. Hold on. Wait a minute, because she's a child. Anyways, um, but I loved how he did that shit where he dug deep into some shit that he he brought out shit. It was kind of like when um, it was kind of like for me when, Pusher T brought up the fucking um, thing with Drake's son. We didn't know Drake had this, and when he said it, it was like, "Oh my God, Drake has this! What? What?" And then it was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, Oh my God!" Um, and so when Game said that, I didn't know nothing about his mom being on the age, and you know. And then he wrapped it up, wrapped it up with it. She had to give up her dreams to see her son out here looking like a wigger in jeans. Hilarious, bro! Hilarious. <laughs> um, and then even this, even this man, the beat selection, this hit board production, both parts of it, both parts as it does switch. It's the only time I like. I hate when they switch. So I've been saying this for years. I hate when rappers have a song and then they just put a slash and then they have another name and it's like a two different songs. It should be track 13 and 14, but it's really just track 13 and the beat just changes in the middle. I hate that shit. So
1: um, album 13 and 14.
0: Examples would be Prescription and Oxymoron um, by Schoolboy Q and just shit Drake did with like cameras and doing it or some shit like it's Just ugh, stop doing that shit. T.I. did that shit too a couple times. Stop doing that shit. Um. Anyways. This beat selection, the hitboy production, both parts as it does switch, is bouncy. It's dark. It's sinister, man. And it seems like a beat that would be better suited for Eminem. The kicker, though, I don't think Eminem has enough flavor or bounce in his in his repertoire right now to pick this type of beat today if it was presented to him. I feel that's like that's when
1: you guys were saying that Game says that he's better now. I don't think I didn't take that as. Game got better, which that could be, but I feel like the other variable
0: is M fell off. You know, I, I think it's M used to be better. Oh, I think it's both. I think it's both because Game, I wouldn't have called Game top ten West Coast artists off that first album. Even off his sec even off his second album, which is one of my favorite Game albums, Doctor's Advocate, it just had some of my favorite Game <laughs> records on it, some of the best songs, but it wasn't lyrically just super fucking, you know, through the roof. It wasn't until he got to album number five, Jesus Peace. Where I was like, oh, this <laughs> motherfucker
1: Super fucking right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh it wasn't until he got to Jesus Peace, which is my to me that's Gang's best album. That's a ten out of ten. Um just based on theme and record choice and how he stayed on theme with the Jesus with the going to church and needing Christ in his life and Kevin Hart being like the um, narrator or the common third character it's, it's a really good album if you guys haven't heard it but Game definitely got better Game, Game definitely got better he was always a talent but he became to me Game is easily if we talking about West Coast MC's easily top 10 you, you might be even able to put him at top 5 depending on how you feel about certain things so um, but I just don't think I think like all of that even including the beat That's another thing that makes this funny because it's like he's being a better Eminem, which I know uh, Russell disagrees, but it feels like he's a better Eminem currently than Eminem. (laughs) Like, I felt like this is Eminem. This is what I want to hear from Eminem, but I don't get this type of... It's not enough bouncing Eminem. Like, Eminem sounded like this doing Marshall Mathers and Slim Shady and Dre 2001 and Devil's Night. He he didn't sound like this. He don't sound like this now. Um, It was like... He could on here he could be quiet with his voice he's doing certain shit where it's just like i still feel like m does mostly except for music to be murdered by i feel like m does too much aggr- aggression and not enough fliction anymore so but um so i think with this record and i'm gonna wrap up this disc record part and this we gonna so we can wrap this up um with this record with any just record, you have three things: you go, you go through physical, professional, personal. Okay, and he went. He talked about the physical, You know, obviously we talk about him being white or whatever the fuck. You know, so went to the physical. Um, that's one P, the professional. So you talk about, you know, like, you make fun of where he says Eminem needs to stop telling white lies. He's not, you know, top five and him, Bigger pock odds or whatever the case may be, talking about how he never penetrated the culture and shit. So he's making fun of, um, you know, that part of it, which is really important to Eminem, making fun of his career. You know, Eminem has said he's always wanted to make sure that he had the respect of the culture, and he's saying you're. he's basically writing him off, you know, so he made fun of the physical said he wants black skin all that shit the professional and the personal where he goes in um talking about his mom and shit which i think was one of the best lines on here was that the she takes the little debbie he takes the cake she was only 15 like that whole shit about his mom being embarrassed and giving up her dreams i think that was some of the most hard hardest hidden shit in this disc um but all in all I think this is record. People hate it, but I, I find it to be just so well calculated, man. So I fuck with it. All right. Overall, this album, this is a very, very solid album from Chuck. And that's one of his nicknames, Chuck Taylor. If you guys don't listen to his music, you don't know. But for those of you who do, very solid album from Chuck. He's been quoted as calling this his best album. And while I disagree personally, an argument could be made for this, for other game fans. Now, while this album has some amazing hip hop here on here and some amazing high points, there are easily two. There are exactly two things, perhaps the only two things that I take issue with with this album. The first is the title, or rather, uh, the explanation for the title. The word "dramatic" is supposedly a. Uh, I forgot how to say says word, permant- permantu, um, which brings together two words: "drill," slang for the act of killing someone, aka the heart, and "illmatic." the title of Nas' debut hip-hop classic and the most complex lyrical, one of the most complex lyrical undertakings, a.k.a. The Mind, um, Games said that the two worlds were going to be examined on this album, but the truth is that these songs don't really examine any of that human duality or inner conflict in any real or clear context. In fact, a lot of these records just seem like they just fall on either side of the fence and stay there so while i love the title and i think that it's creative and fun to say (laughs) it is not utilized nearly at all in this album experience and if he would just take out heart versus mind he'd be fine i feel like um just call it dramatic we would get the point the other thing um which is the most important thing here is the length of this album while it's now 29 tracks since nba young boys assisted uh record op has been removed over clearance issues. It originally came in at 30 tracks and a run of one hour and 55 minutes, two hours of music. However good or great the artists, there are bound to be tracks that don't belong, tracks that uh, serve as fillers, and tracks that are just plain not good. This has some of all three, and it's just too long to lock in and critically listen all at once. I've only finished this. It's funny that you said this, Cody. I've only finished this album top to bottom, nonstop, twice. And that's because I took two road trips since it came out. For one person not driving cross country, listening to this often is going to be a feat that takes way too much concentration. It makes replay value for anything outside of your favorite tracks extremely low, which brings me to my question, which is why I wanted you guys to listen to this album. I want to know from you guys, you guys said you're kind of your favorite record, so I'm not going to ask you what are your three fa- best songs in this album anymore. But I will ask you guys, what are two or three tracks that you each don't like? Tracks that you will remove that would make this, we all are like, it's like a you know, you guys said it's like a 8, 8.9, you know, whatever. What tracks would you guys, if just you can just choose one a piece. I'm not going to even, you know, I want to get through the section, but.
1: Drake with the Braids.
0: <laughs> i knew it i fucking knew it what song it has
1: nothing even to do with drake i can not even say bad things about drake because of it but that dude you did not need to put that in there that's the that okay what song so that there's two th- tracks that i skip and that's one of them the other one is easy because kanye West. i don't need to listen to that for the third time stop recycling your shit you know
0: Damn. Well, that was a, that was the
1: first single. That's right. Even though it makes Olivia sad too. You hear
0: That was the first single, so yeah, I, I kind of skipped easy um, now because I baby play. sad. So, Russell, what, do you, what is your what is the worst track? What is the track you would pull off that you think would raise this point to a to a nine for you?
2: I honestly, um, I can't even remember. Like, maybe it's because they were just that bad that I just didn't put them in my mind. <laughs> So I just, I just pointed out the ones that like really stood out to me as far as like I will listen to these over and over again. So I don't know, man. Um, I really don't have an answer for that. Uh, okay, okay. Cause I kind of just listened to like I listened to this for to see like maybe maybe twice all the way through. Um, and then I got like I said got stuck on uh, what was it No Man Falls? Like six times. I had to listen to it like like six times. It was just like it just really pulled me into that to, to the C D. Uh but I, I really can't think of like what's like the worst track or something like that. Like it probably just didn't register to me, so that's my, maybe why it, it, it is the worst track or worst tracks. I can't really even tell you. I probably have to go back through the album and, and like really sit down and, and listen again like that. But Got I can only tell you what I like. Told.
1: I told McCoy too. I forget what the track of this song is, but I was like, every time it comes on, every single time, I'm like, who's this chick that's singing in there too? And I look it up and it's Jeremy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: that's fucking. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's the uh, No Polo Lounge. No Smoking the Polo Lounge. Hey, me. I love that beat. <laughs> You're the one that I see. Um, okay, so tracks I love uh, that I listen to all the time um, Twisted. Number one, I go back to that all the time. Black some shady, outside. As you said, Russell was one of the best. Money, cash, clothes. What we not gonna do? Home invasion and talk to me nice. I, you could pull those and make an EP, and that would be like my favorite EP. Tracks that I would remove. Tracks that I would remove. These tracks slow the album down and seem like things that could be could have been left on the cutting room floor. One time, Voodoo, Change the game. Even though I like that they used that sample, Heart vs. Mind. I know y'all like this one, but Chrome Slugs and Harmony. This song is horrible to me. But I love Herbo's voice, but everything about it, I don't think they flipped the beat well enough to me. And I hate Lil Wayne singing that. Da, it, but de, man. Shut your ass up. Ruby's Rose. Oh, uh, yeah. That's,
2: yeah, that's yeah. the one I
0: hate. Yeah. No. Um, Ruby Rose's I, Ruby's Rose. I hate that. Um, Nikki, Nikki Beach. Bro, what in the flying fuck was going on in there? What were they doing in that studio? Get. Him and Tory Lanez and fucking even his versus cornball, like games versus corn. That's the corniest game versus I ever heard. Um 38 Special, even though I laugh at Blueface opening line every time. I can talk about baby Mama out penny draws. Um Save the Best for last. Boo, Shut it, Rick Ross. And 10. Ah, which is now off. The problem is, these 10 records are not at all hard to come come up with these 10 records were not hard to come up with for me so this could easily be a shorter album and more concise at 13 to 18 tracks if if the west coast veteran had a you know had taken the time that lack of replay value does put this outing from game at a super solid eight i think we all saw it about as about an eight this album was was shortened and and uh remaining tracks ringed in a little bit uh This would be one of the game's best albums. Uh, It is one of the game's best albums, but it could be like I would say like top one or two. But since it's not, it leaves this album stuck in a what-if type of purgatory for me. But still a solid eight. But while this album isn't perfect, it still has a special place in my heart and mind. So there you go. I'm sorry, y'all. I told you y'all I had a lot to say about this album, and it was gonna be long. Pause, but there we go. So. But now it's time for. Russell Prosity.
2: All right. Um, so last week, we were, or the last pod, I should say, uh, we were talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, from physio- uh, physiological basics, sleep, food, shelter, accessory, uh, et cetera then security and safety including health employment family social status and then ending off with the love and belonging stage uh, talking about different levels of intim- intimacy and connection so de- uh, today i want to try and cover the last two stages so um, let's jump right in uh, the first one being self-esteem so that's the penultimate stage of the hierarchy of needs um, and one of the the first quotes that came to my mind when I when I saw this uh, was "Esteem of your motherfucking self, bitch." Uh, <laughs> to quote, Cat Williams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How man. could I affect your esteem? It's called self-esteem. It's Like that was just the first thing that popped in my head. It was, it was uh hilarious. Dude, it's- um, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> No, it's funny it made me laugh every fucking time I have to say it uh, steam on your motherfucking self <laughs> it's the motherfucking bro like he was mad <laughs> <bro>. alright <laughs> alright so let's talk confidence that's the first concept that's listed here um, this I, I personally struggle with um, heavy growing up um, I had terrible self esteem and, and self image stemming from a low grade of confidence I used to joke about uh, my perceived shortcomings to keep those around me laughing instead of digging deep into how I really felt or how I viewed myself. And I think that's that's kind of something that a lot of us do. Um, we detach and we um, deflect um, to prevent people from really seeing who we think we are instead of allowing them to make their own uh judgments and decisions about who they feel we are because usually it's not as bad as we make it out to believe but because we live with ourselves and we um, are so deep into ourselves that we can't see that from the outside looking in that there's a difference that people see in us Um, there may be a light that they see in us that we don't see in ourselves because we are so swallowed in our own darkness um so others would try and convince me otherwise, but I didn't believe in myself, nor did I really work on believing it, which I think was the bigger issue, um, is not trying to work on yourself, not really believing that you are worth it. Um, I, th- I think that's, that's, that's the, the more sadder <laughs> thing there. Um, and then this is further broken down into a few different other concepts as far as what self-esteem um, is basically um, before I continue do any of you guys ever had or have ever had a specific experience or a, uh, a specific memory of where you felt like you didn't have any confidence or you maybe had a a, a great show of confidence any, any of those man. I ooh,
0: I can tell you right now man growing up i had a, uh growing up i was a very chubby kid um and i mean y'all know if you if you're listening to this pod you know me i was you know dweeby, you know kind of nerdy you know um i was always and, and this continued throughout my teenagers i was always too black for the white kids but too white for the black kids you know how that go um, yeah, <laughs> What up, my nigga? Um, but right. so yeah, I, so yeah, I really I really didn't feel like man. I could go I, <laughs> I could go to the deep into this, but I just always felt like the the ugliest friend or the fucking like the fat.
2: Yeah. Just, I was
0: like fat. Like it it it, it was it wasn't as I was like 19 mm-hmm. and I found myself in through rap. That my confidence changed for the better because I mean, if you know me now, you know, I I try to exude confidence and I try to give that to people, and yeah. and and you know, I try to let them know like don't ever, because you don't if you've been there like I was as a growing up as a teenager trying to you yeah. know, if you've been there then you know you don't want other people to be in that in that space and so right. as a friend and as a just an associate. I've always tried to have energy to let people know, hey, no, you're the shit. You're the shit. You know, you're the shit. And you just, and whether you feel like it, I'ma tell you the shit, and I'ma make you, I'ma make you get, you know, it is self-esteem, but I'ma make you gain some of what I feel because I felt that as a child growing up, man, I was like, I just did not yeah. like myself. So yeah, I got, I got a bunch of memories. The fuck. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I
2: think that kind of goes into the the next stage that we're gonna talk about in just a, a little bit. Uh, but being to the point where it's not something that you feel like you necessarily maybe have to work on as hard, but now you're working on instilling that in other people so that they don't feel how you felt. I think that's um, a great uh, example of someone who is self-actualized in certain, certain aspects to where it's more than just a esteem thing now. Now you want to grant that to other people.
0: All right.
2: That's
0: just, it's
2: about. Just, go ahead. I was gonna say "How about you, Cody? Anything that sticks out as far as either extreme confidence or extreme lack thereof?"
1: <laughs> Probably, but I'm feeding the baby right now. Can this I
0: make it noisy? So I'll, I'll let you guys uh, dialogue together. Can I? Can I? I have to ask for permission cody can i maybe chime in on one that i not it's nothing super personal but something that i've noticed that i try to help you with you can also uh, you can we'll also s- cut it out
1: we'll see if i edit it out yeah, or
0: okay <laughs> uh, so cody plays cody plays instruments and when when i first met cody i first met cody uh we clicked like right away This is why he's my friend to this day and we you know have a podcast all that shit um and we would get into... We were wasting no time. <laughs> right, no, yeah, no, it was sitting, like, me and him were hanging out strong within three weeks of him being, like, we were at each other's house and shit like that, like, just after It was mm. good times, man. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I told you, <laughs> I told you, I'm sorry. No, but, um, I mean, Cody would, he played instruments he would bring, because we were, like, rapping and, you know, making music, and... Mm-hmm. He had so many instruments, he played guitar, all this other shit. And I'm like, this is like, he was dope to, like, cool to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
0: just wouldn't, like, when it came to, like, singing or, like, actually playing it in front of me in the beginning and shit like that. Like, he was just really, like, he would play it and be like, but yeah, and I'm not that good and shit like that. And I just, as his friend, I just wanted to be like, bro, you are the shit. Like, the fact you can play this shit. And I like, mm-hmm. and I'm still mad that to this day we haven't released music because I'm like, I want to get you on a record. I want you to just kind of feel that shit and go crazy right. on the guitar and like belt out whatever like lyrics you got or whatever the fuck. Like I always wanted to push Cody, um, his confidence with his music through the roof because I I could feel like he fucked with music so heavy. Um, and yeah. so that was just something that I noticed. And I don't know where he is. <laughs> he says stop talking
2: about it right now. <laughs> That's
0: my daddy. Um, I don't know where his confidence is with that right now to today. Um, but I just wanted him to know that he was dope with, you know, all of the shit that he does with music. So. Thank you. I
1: uh, I don't know why. I love playing guitar, like, so much. I'll get lost. But I, uh, I, I feel like I've never been, it's almost like a shy spectrum. Like, I've never been comfortable playing in front of others. I just want to be alone and play, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that, man. I feel. That. I would. That's that's how I wasn't growing up writing raps and shit. Like I was like the chubby kid type shit. Like, but I was like always good with words and shit. Um, mm-hmm. And so like I was always my whole thing was English and writing and shit. Even though I don't know, don't know what the sin means, um, <laughs> I like I, I was writing stories and shit. Like when I was in third grade, man, I remember getting up in front of the class and trying to do that because I just wanted to like create stories. And when I was eight i rapped to um my dad had this like the old school gray boombox man and i got by myself and i rapped to the boombox and i remember it was like a stupid ass like rhyme about the bulls the bucks and nunchucks or some shit like that and um but i remember being so happy by myself just rapping to this fucking tape deck um and that's kind of what sparked like okay you you like this tupac shit maybe you should do what he's doing and then you like bust around. You should do it. you know they're cool to you. You should do that shit. And so some
1: bullies said that to me at school once. Maybe you should be like Tupac and die. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait,
0: what? I was, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what the? Oh my god. Um. But yeah. No. So that's just I uh, I don't know. Like it was like I was afraid to to until I was about 19. T- shout out the Asian guy called me. He was like, "Yo, you want to go to the studio?" And I had had I had notebooks full of raps, bro that I had written throughout high school and middle school and shit. And I was like, yeah, I do. And I did. And I remember the track was horrible, but it was like the first bit of like, okay, I got to start doing this for real in front of people. And it just took off. So yes, I get it, bro. Like just kind of being escaping through your little art by yourself, not letting nobody see it. I get it, man. Totally.
2: Yeah. And like, because my family is so musically inclined um, everybody sings or plays an instrument or something like that. Um, Notice
1: that real quick, McCoy. He said
0: "inclines," not "declines." <laughs> not <really. laughs> noting, noting. It's insane Looking at uh,
2: Everybody, so our family was kind of known for just being musical. And when I first started singing, a lot of the time, I sang all the time to the point where it was annoying, not that my, my voice was terrible, it was just it was annoying. I was a little kid, and I was just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody would always tell me, oh my god, would you would shut up, da, da 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 But I took it to heart because I thought it was just I was terrible, because my family was known for singing. Um, for a long time, I just felt like, well damn, I'm I must suck, so I just don't sing. And it got me into playing instruments, um, or trying to learn how to play, and, and um I got the demand for singing more than I got playing because you know, I was still in the beginning stages of it. And it wasn't until I got to maybe like high school um that I really felt okay with singing. Um of course a friend of mine tricked me into doing it, but um <laughs> it it really boosted my confidence as far as singing in that regard. And it's funny now that the tables have turned so that um, people knew me for singing and not much for playing then, but now they know me more for playing than they do singing. And so it's funny that I go to these events and, you know, just enjoying the song kind of singing to myself and people who've known me most of my life would like, dog, I keep forgetting you can fucking sing. Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's, it's funny to me. Um, the actual story that I wanted to tell as far as the confidence thing um, is a pretty hilarious one to me. Um, so I was at this summer camp, I think I was going into eighth grade. Yeah. Going into eighth grade. And so um those who were high achievers in school always got to go to like different mm-hmm. camps and things um, over the summer. Um and this one was um it was like a hippie camp dog. It was like it was like really when to three year old feel your rhymes and all this of bullshit. Um and at that time, I had terrible self-esteem and was terrible with talking to women, uh, especially. Um, hilariously so. Like <laughs> remembering this shit is, is hilarious to me. Um, going through the the camp, uh, um, I, I meet these these cats from Chicago. Um, real smooth, cool ass dude, like real gentleman type cat. Who really had a heart for people, but because their accent was so aggressive in the way they talked to people, was so <laughs> so demonstrative, um, it just made the people judge them poorly. So it was a it was an interesting contrast because they were teaching like you know um, how to be like at peace and how to you know not choose violence and things like that. And, like just like basic shit that you would expect to come from like them old 50s and 40s black and white movies. Yep. yep. Uh, but coming out of the mouth of somebody who sounded like, like a harsher Kanye or um, a, a, a DMS type of voice. You know what I mean? She was funny to me. Um, so the whole camp, they noticed that I had eyes for this one Asian girl who we'll call Elle, um, <laughs> just so I to, to um put her name out there. Um, So they saw my gaze wander a few times in a different act. Activities that we were doing in her direction and immediately picked up on my intent. Uh, suffice I'm it to sorry. say, that... I'm
1: coming up with all these jokes while I'm on mute right now. I'm like, Wait, <laughs> you're holding someone's gaze, there's gaze there too. When you were like, there's a special camp for uh, for like people who really exceed in class, I'm like, oh, that's where everybody went. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, go on, <laughs> it was a concentration camp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it to to say, <laughs> <laughs> right suffice it to say they were really um trying to pump me up to get to go talk to her and i wasn't going um <laughs> so one day there was a there's a gathering in the rec hall where people would go to like listen to music and they hang their friends and eat and and for those who were, like coupled up there was, there was a place for them to be like somewhat intimate uh, not too terribly that it was like, oh, what the fuck are y'all doing here? But, you know, like, just like the hand holding and cutting and kissing and shit like that. Okay. And so Ed was there with uh, a few friends she met and connected with. Uh, I was in the place and...
1: You, you want to go to the bathroom and hold them
2: oh. hands? So... <laughs> no, I was in the place and so they, they was like, yo, just go talk to her, dude. And I'm like, nah, son. So I get
0: up to leave. <laughs> he said, nah, son. Why
2: These cats get to chasing me. Now, this camp was surrounded by, like, woods and, and rivers and shit. Like, like, it was a real surreal, serene, hippie-type environment and shit. And these niggas is chasing me through the woods uh, until they caught me. <laughs> 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 and they said, you gonna say something to her today, boss? And literally picked me up and placed me directly in front of her, saying, like, hey, yo, my boy got something to say. I was totally dead inside. I fucking ran away, dude. what? <laughs> you, <laughs> you ran again? I ran the <laughs> fuck away. Like Damn. cartoon dust clouds behind me and shit. He said, dude,
0: dust cloud.
2: He's got something to say to you. Uh, uh you better go catch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to her. Pew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Physically terrified and shaking and embarrassed. Like it was like one of the worst but funniest experiences I've ever had in my life. Cause looking back on it, it's like, nigga, just say something. Like you know what I'm saying, she's just another person, just talk to her, you know? Yeah, damn, man, yeah, <laughs> damn. The feelings would overwhelm me to the point where I was like, ah, uh, uh, I'm nervous, and I'm like, looking back on it, it was like, I don't even realize, uh, I don't even understand like why I was nervous, but it was because of the lack of self-confidence and the self-esteem, because I judged myself lower than her instead of being an equal. Um, and that had to come with with experience and with the support of different people, my friends and family. Um, one of the biggest um, influences in my life who really pushed me into the realm of having better self-esteem and, and more confidence in myself, uh, honestly and oddly enough, is art, um, McCoy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was really big on like, yo, dude, you was a dope ass nigga. Like, I need you to realize it, because it's funny because a lot of people, and even he himself will say he has a god complex when it comes to a lot of things, um, especially women. And you can see that um, that it not just pours down from you know his father, but other family members. They have this high esteem for themselves. And, uh, Wait, is this a
1: person named Art? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Man, I was going to make a joke earlier and say Art Garfunkel, and damn near you're talking about Art Garfunkel.
2: Right, <laughs> but yeah, um, he was my best friend for for the longest time, and it's not just because of you know the us, money. Us being um, into video games together type of shit. It was on some real deep, like, Taking care of each other type shit, like you know, I look out for you, you look look out for me, and he's always had that heart for the people he um, has in his circle, uh, and it's shown me basically how to value myself and how to push value into others, like you were saying before, Mikael. Um, so when you get to a, a level of, of confidence and, and self-esteem that you can be like. All right, now I want you to feel the same thing. Because I want you to feel this, because I've already gone through this, so you don't have to go through that.
0: Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly, man. I, I, just and it's crazy because, you know, knowing you, I couldn't even see you being scared. You know, and it's it, you obviously. Wait, before I go on, how old were you when you were at this camp? Like, how? What age range was this?
2: Oh. And it was like eighth grade, so I was probably Maybe. like
0: right, 13, 12, uh, 13 ish.
2: Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah,
1: um, okay. And that is, um, I mean, we're not Russ now, so we didn't even picture him gangbanging or whatever before, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's true. All the shit, like, it's like
2: selling, selling stuff I wasn't supposed to be selling. Um, uh, man, I would wish he was still selling back- off, looking at <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's, it's a totally different, uh, <laughs> totally different persona person. Um, even in high school, I used to joke with um, my, my friends in high school that, man, for an ugly nigga, I got plenty of game type shit. Uh, <laughs> because, as they were saying, my rap sheet would speak for itself. Like, you know, you don't fucking miss. And I'm like, you know, even with the low self-esteem, I still shot for defenses, fences. Dude. You had to, bro. You
0: got, listen, man, you miss every shot you don't take. But I'm telling you, uh, what man. you... Dog. What, and it's crazy. Shout out Marquette, because... That was another little step, like in step up in confidence, um, because going to Marquette made me realize, like, oh yeah, I want to have sex with women. So if that's gonna, <laughs> if that's gonna be happening, like I remember, dude, I will never forget this day, just being in, in in a class, first week of freshman year, and I just happened to look around. It had to be like day three or four. It was you like just looked up and I looked around, like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, I go to an all boys school. Like if I'm going to ever be fucking, oh, this shit gonna have to I'm gonna have to pick it up And that year. <laughs> that it was from that day. This is like the first week in school. It was from that day that I got to it. Like got to it talking to like I would talk to him on the bus stop, shit like, man, it was it it kinda especially early on, they got once I was like, fuck this, I'm just gonna say like the amounts of random conversations I was having with him was probably like, oh, see, um, but you know, hey man, I was like, you gotta, gotta make it happen, and eventually, yeah. it, oh, it happened. So,
2: let up. me let me flex my shit for for just one second. Um, Go ahead. So, Mark was was a, was a turning point for me as far as the whole singing thing. Like I said, a, a friend of mine, or a couple friends of mine, uh, did me bogus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bitch ass um, nigga, the fuck no.
2: No, they, 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 uh, they really pushed me to get out there. Um, oh, okay, got sorry. Good-ass
0: niggas. Good-ass niggas.
2: We were in gospel choir, and so this was the first time we were doing a combined gospel choir with um, the girls from uh, St. Joan. And so they were planning to do this, like, big um, concert for, like, the first thing or whatever, uh, first major event for the school year. Um, it was my sophomore year um, at Marquette. And so we were on stage, and this is the first time I met my guy, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Russell, who um, is a dope musician, one of the best in Milwaukee, in my opinion, as far as the gospel scene goes. Uh, even the jazz scene, goes; that guy got some jazz chords. But uh, he, he um, was playing this song, uh, and they were trying to figure out who was going to lead it. And so I had my back to the teacher and... I was talking to a couple of my friends, uh, David and Kyle, and we were um, just ribbing people and just being ourselves <laughs> and shit. Like that. And so then I turned around to see what the teacher was saying, and she had needed a volunteer for this song. And so everybody fucking stepped back like it was a uh, a rom com and shit, and left me <laughs> standing out in front. And so she was like, "Russell, good. You got a volunteer." I'm like, "What?" Huh? Von, von, von what? And it's like for the singing. And didn't you step for it? I'm like, no, no, I did not. But at <laughs> this time I was still fairly um stage frightish when it came to um, um singing. Right. And so this this is before like Lincoln knew me and we hang hung out. And he was like taking me all the different places so that we could hang out and, and enjoy music and shit like that. Um he was like, Okay, you know, um I'm like, what key you playing this shit in? He was like, oh, you know music. All right, cool. He's like, I'm uh, right, I got you in G. I'm like, G, all right. I think I can sing that. And so the song was Battle <laughs> Hymn of the Republic. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that song. Not about at all. Battle Hymn of the Republic. Not at all. OK, so I'll give you the first line, because this is what I sang before everybody exploded, even in rehearsal and at the concert. Like, they had to rush me out of that shit. It was crazy. Yeah,
0: um, Michael Jackson so,
2: <laughs> right, and I I, I was like confused from like <clears throat> nobody had ever responded that way to me singing before, and so I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is terrifying, you know? Did I do something wrong? Type of shit, you know what I'm saying? All coming from the low self esteem um, point of view, and so the song goes, and this is what I sang. I go, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord, and I just did that, and everybody just started wigging out and I'm like what the fuck just happened type of shit you know what I'm saying (laughs) when you got up off the key the the piano was like nigga we finna do some shit I'm like what the fuck (laughs) and so it really like that just that little instance of seeing everybody respond the way they did was much different from how I was used to so it started to build my confidence in singing at least a little bit more right um it also showed me the fake side of people, because a lot of them motherfuckers who didn't want to speak to me, all of a sudden had a lot of shit to say to
0: me. Oh, man. Don't you just... It's crazy how that... How that happens, man. Like, confidence... Confidence in yourself draws people in. Like, confidence in yourself will make other people... It's almost like... Shout out to T.S. He had this thing where he used to be like, man, if you walk into a... If you walk into a place like you belong there, nobody's gonna question it. But if you start... If you walk into a place and you look around like, oh, like, hope a nigga don't look at me. Then that's when people are going to question you.
2: Right.
0: So it's it's like or
2: speak in a way that, you know, oh, you don't belong
0: here. Right. Exactly. 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 You got to walk with confidence and that's and that's just in on the grander scheme of of things in life. You walk with confidence, motherfuckers are going to respect you in a way that you know, it's easy to pick on the guy who has low self-esteem, low self-confidence, you know, you're not going to pick right. The bully's not picking up not even the bullies, I'll say with the popular people because there can be bullies with low of theme, but like the popular people who walk in confidence aren't messing with each other. They trying to find somebody because they're assholes and really do hate themselves in deep inside. They're trying to find somebody with but low said, right the bullies. Right. Exactly. So like man. So yeah, exactly. you know what? Yeah. Them assholes, bitch ass niggas, um, not good ass niggas. Um, they're gonna pounce on somebody who doesn't have who's not walking with their head held high, type shit. And so Man, it's crazy how even even bullying changes when you walk with confidence. Man, I feel like it's like it's hard for a nigga to step on you when you like, nah, nigga, I know who the fuck I am, type shit. So it's it's right,
2: it, standing it tall. I see. Okay. So one of the uh, the other concepts that are listed here is um, achievement. It is said to play into one's self esteem, and I think this is to be true, especially for a lot of men. Um, they need to have accomplished something to feel accomplished or to be working on something, or working towards something, uh, I think that's a major driving force for some of us. Uh, Some of us are content with not doing anything, not going anywhere, not wanting to be anything more. Um, And that's perfectly fine if that's where you're content. Um, I myself have a need to do something with my talent, with my earned pedigree, something in my field. Uh, I would also liken it to you, Cody, uh, you going after those promotions, and um, um, steadily rising higher um, in whatever you do and then McCoy you having your own business and still hustling on the side to to maintain that and to um, have something that you can speak for and then um, of course TS searching for the golden bird, or bird or <laughs> now I guess whatever the fuck eating. all are eating um, I remember but right <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, what was it and, and, uh, uh, Limit <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's
0: stupid why would they say that <laughs> ah, good times
2: um, but I think also the next concept also plays into the achievement uh,
0: I'm, so- <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I just, sorry. I just <laughs> thought about the pictures from yesterday
2: <laughs> continue okay <bro. laughs> um, Respect from others uh, kind of falls in the same sentiment to me as as achievement sometimes. Because sometimes the achievement is something personal, and hopefully that is a motivation for striving for it. Um, And other times it is for the respect and admiration of others. Um, The need to feel valuable or worth something is a well-starved beast for some. Having no sense of worth for yourself can definitely lead you on a path that is dangerous and leave you at the mercy of others. Um, so, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a tough thing because you you want to be respectable, um, and have some sort of self-respect to where people won't look down on you or they see what you're doing, but always pining for that respect from others can be detrimental, in my opinion. Um, the need to be or appear unique can be on both sides of the spectrum. Um, Many need to feel unique as some sort of status that separates them from others, while some desire to be seen as unique to be accepted by their peers. Mm. Um, And I think the hierarchy speaks to how this stage can be really dependent on how one's childhood was regarding the validation or lack thereof one receives as a child uh, it can be the reason why people seek validation so heavily, or learn to validate themselves to push them into that next stage, which is on um, this pyramid self-actualization. Uh, you see a lot of that in the different so- social media um, sites, as far as IG, uh, Facebook, even um, Twitter and, and Snapchat, uh, to where people are really searching for that validation. They they do it for the likes. So. Doing it for the grand um, is is a phrase that was really popular for a couple years. Or do it for the vine uh, for those who um, also were on that platform. That people would do things just for their 15 minutes, 15 seconds, however many, however long um, instance of fame that they could get. Uh, One of the most interesting quotes that I've heard regarding that whole thing is from Daniel Tosh. when um, he was like, you know, everybody gets their 15 minutes, but he was like, you know Andy Warhol was on drugs when he said that, right? Uh, <laughs> and he was like, and that's just um, an average, an average of 15 minutes. Um, for some, it may be um, one minute, it may be the 15, it may be 30 years. Um, everybody has varying degrees of that 15 minutes that they can... Can get so it's not something that you you should actively strive for. Um, perfecting your craft or um, uh, achieving your ambition should be more the focus rather than just that little instance of if I can get on, then I, I'll be on type of shit.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've always that, especially on social media, man. Um, you know, one of my, I've always felt, and I've said this before, that like narcissistic. For even having social media, I've always felt like that was um, a way to, for people to just do, like. It just screams. Social media screams, "Look at me!" And sometimes, even when I post funny shit, dumb shit, serious, I'm like, "Why? Why am I? Why am I posting this? instead of actually like self reflecting and getting past it, or like, I don't know, like something about social media has always felt really narcissistic to me and I feel like that is part of that, you know, fifteen minutes is like even if and I and I'm real enough with myself and not self righteous enough to try to pretend like I don't see that. You know what I'm saying? Like and it just makes me feel like, man, you should I be doing something else because I feel like this all plays into that wanting to be seen whether Mm -hmm. it's for five minutes, fifteen minutes or for years, you know, you know, niggas are trying to get the next viral tweet or something that's gonna Hit and stick, or you know, you like swinging it, you know, trying to knock it out the park and just get one that you know, hold for you know, however many years or whatever you know, on social media. So, yes, I that fifteen minutes of fame thing is such a a, a weird, it's just a weird way to behave, and to me, but then it's like, who am I to like say that? it's necessarily wrong to do it's just so it's so weird at times for me like i don't know man i don't know but yeah
2: i mean i think you gotta consider the drive consider the motivation behind it um if you're trying to get famous in order to kind of spread what you think your purpose is um or just to be able to make enough to where you're comfortable and you can take care of your family type of thing i think there's a motivation behind all of it but if it's just to um just to be the best, that's another type of motivation. Um, it all depends on where you go with this motivation um, and what it turns you into, because I think that's the most important thing. If it turns you into a monster, then maybe that's not something for you. You know?
0: Right, right, for sure, for sure.
2: Right, so, self actualization is the last and the ultimate level listed in this pyramid, um, need wise, the need to be full. Um, it it takes what the other level levels um, describe as needs and shows the full capability of what those characteristics can be or desire Um, so the physiological or or physiologically being competent meaning to possess and routinely meet the physical needs of the body while also pushing oneself to be healthy in all aspects Uh, safety and security Establishing a domain, securing said domain, but going beyond personal security into self-governing where you're also making sure in your security that others get a sense of your fortitude and temperance, providing a possible safe space for them or pushing them into being a better version of themselves, whether it's by actually um, giving them advice to be a better person or because they see your example, they want to be more like you. Um, kind of what you were just talking about, McCoy, as far as, like, um, I've been here before, so I don't want you to have to go through the same thing, so let me show you, let me give you some advice, let me boost you up so that you don't feel as low as I was. Right, right. Um, it's also creating a space for them if they desire a connection and not a parasitic or symbiote type of attachment. Being more than just simply employed, but being resourceful and somewhat uh, autonomous, but not neglecting the cooperation and work with others. Um, a lot of times, when we do seek employment, we do seek to do things ourselves. And as I've said on multiple pods before, um, life is like a multiplayer game where you do have a campaign of some sort, but there are times where you need to play well or. Um, be in support and be supported by others. With the the connection level, um, working on pure forms of intimacy with family and friends instead of trying to build bonds in the shadow of behavior learned from trauma or poorly shown behaviors misconstrued as love and affection. Um, there's a lot of people who are suffering from different traumas and different things from childhood, from from so-called friends, from people who should have been uh, a family to us, but because they were dealing with their own demons or dealing with their own uh, misgivings due to their childhood traumas, they inflicted a wound on us that we weren't ready for, we didn't understand at the time, and it's affecting how we behave today, um, which is why... Um, I and Cody and the rest of the members of this group really push that therapy narrative because um, it is well worth it for you to be mentally healthy or to be striving to be mentally healthy, healthy because it affects every facet and every part of your life and every part of those whom you interact with uh, on a regular basis because your trauma shines through no matter what you think you're hiding or how you think you're hiding, it will always shine through and it will always affect things, uh, maybe in the smallest of ways at first, but uh, they can grow to grander size problems if not taking the time to really sit with yourself or sit with someone who has been professionally trained to help you realize those things and help you develop um, behaviors and, and other things to put in place to help you overcome that and to be a more whole version of yourself. One of the things that um, self-actualization promotes is uh, comfort, so comfortable acceptance of others and most importantly, oneself. Capable of sound judgment and having a sense of direction even when the move is not moving at all find that interesting uh, as saying that even when the move is not moving at all so that there may be something that you're doing in this place while you're being patient while you're waiting, while you're building um, yourself up to move to that next level, that is still a move, that's still a direction that you're going in. So don't feel like even if you're stuck in that place, quote unquote stuck, um, that you're not doing anything uh, if you're really trying to improve yourself while you're stuck in that place. Having a strong sense of self-being, having a strong sense sense of self-agreeableness, in the sense that you're not worrying what others think, um, while still having a sense of duty and morality. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with that because it's human to worry about what others people think, what other people think of you, and, and how they view you, and and, and and the impression you give off. But I think it's much more difficult to allow those thoughts to consume you rather than working on how do you feel about yourself. Now, working on yourself does seem like the toughest thing because it's like this is something that you're not used to and it's something that is is hard because it's you but struggling to maintain an image for other people that doesn't fit with you, I think is one of the most, most um, problematic and one of the most difficult things to do because at the end of the day, you really don't know who you are anymore. You know what I
0: mean? Right. For sure. For sure. Like, whew, it's uh, just kind of finding yourself. Can, and that can, the weird thing about finding or figuring out who you are and all of this like self actual, actual, um, What's the word? Self. So, you just said it. Um, finding yourself, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: through throughout all of this, you can you can find yourself and then lose yourself again. Just shout Eminem. <laughs> you can find yourself and literally lose yourself again. Um, at at times in my That's adult me. life, and and times mm-hmm. of my, right like in in my adult life, I felt like I, when I turned nineteen and twenty. Oh my God! Like I just knew, I just knew who I was, and then. <laughs> shit gets hard and you know you do because we we're consistently dealing with you know mental stability and make, making sure like we're taking care of self and eat from everything from the way you are living to the what you're consuming and how you know all of what you're processing like can start to alter that and then we're puns i'm like started to lose some of my you know traction of who i thought i was and then you know i gained it right back and then I've, it's fluctuated the last few years, and like, I finally feel like I'm like, getting to a point where I'm like, nah, 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 you still that nigga, you getting back, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I went through a, a period, or even on the outside, where I was like, still pumping other people up, I was like, Ugh, I don't know, man, like, about myself. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's it's rough, especially when, for a person like me, and I'm, Russell, you probably can attest to this, when you're the friend that gives that type of energy off. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like I don't want my friends to see me falter because I'm yeah. like, my job is to be the glue, you know, it's to like make sure that everybody's like happy. It's like to provide that shit. And, like it's like I feel like if my mood is off or down, shit's gonna be fucked up because I help to like curate the mood, almost. You know what I'm saying? Bring the energy mm-hmm. type shit. And so it's like it's it's been at times hard. Um, so so just finding yourself and like learning who you are is a mm-hmm. is a ongoing process because as humans we change too daily you know you learn something new you gain a piece of knowledge about the world and then that alters who you are um and so yeah man it's it's, let
2: me let me blow your mind for a minute um that's trauma behavior feeling like you have to be the glue is trauma behavior (laughs) I had to learn that uh myself it is unfair to you for you to always be the pump and prime for other people. It's unfair to you. Um, that comes from uh, uh, a, a real <laughs> that comes from a real place of trauma uh, because your well-being is just as important as, as everyone else's, and it is okay that's, to not feel okay.
1: That's the same boat as a. Uh... If you always, like people pleasing, like if you always yes. feel like you have to say yes or just do what people say or what you think they or like, don't say what you really feel because you don't want to hurt somebody and you're not even yeah. fully aware that that's all the same boat. Trauma, right? Baby.
2: Right, and you're hurt. And then
1: I'm gonna bounce. Okay. This okay. is going on longer than the game album, so. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. All right, brother. All right, all take right. it easy, guys. Love you. Yeah, love Wait, you man. man.
2: Let you do. Um, and so that's that's um that's that's really a trauma response. Dude. Um to where at times you feel like, you know, you're not good enough because you're not where you think you should be. Um or you're not being the person that you think you should be for those people. Um that's 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 trauma. <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. Not only that, but, I'm traumatized. Uh, <laughs> I'm going uh, am blow you mind once again. Um the points at where we think we found ourselves, we find ourselves at only that level. So the fact that we lose ourselves is because we're developing into someone stronger. We're developing into someone that's at a higher level. And so um, that growth is is usually pain. Pain is usually associated with, with growth because you have growth spurts and your body's feeling all weird and you might have like Pain in your 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 um your legs or your, or your arms or whatever because your body is changing into who you need to be at the matured state of state of your body, um and so you have awkwardness you have discomfort um, you have even some actual pain because of that but that's morphing you into who you who you need to be and we don't recognize that from a mental perspective and we feel like man I just don't know myself anymore when this is the turn to. Um, really learned that a lot of the things that you used to learn you used to love um, were either based on on childhood fear childhood trauma childhood likes and things of that nature and you're discovering that you're more eclectic than you didn't you give yourself credit for you're discovering that you like things outside of your comfort zone because you weren't allowed to venture out of that as a child so there's a lot of things that are changing a lot of things that are changing um, mentally that uh, mentally emotionally um, that you're being more uh, exposed to so that now you're seeing things from a different perspective, but you're still trying to hold on to that that perspective you have because you think that's who you are. Mm,
0: mm, mm, damn. Damn. Jean-Claude Van so Damme.
2: <laughs> just to... Rob Van Damme. Right. Exactly. right. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of wrap this whole thing up. Because um, this is this is an interesting thing, uh, If y'all get the chance to, I really uh, want y'all to like, look up this stuff and and really dig into what self-actualization is. But this is the level that we should all be striving for and continuing to strive for. Um, even if we may not reach the state we desire to, we only fail if we give up. The try and fail will always be greater than the give up. Okay.
0: Damn. Ooh, that was a that was prostitute for y'all ass. God damn. Um so Cody, Cody has departed, but we gonna go ahead and wrap this up. This was a good ass episode, man. We had some shit Cody going has on. Descended. Right. <laughs> he had to descended. it. I didn't even put that in the chat. I gotta get into the shit. Um man, um I was gonna I, I had a, a fucked up story and I had a fun fact. But well, I'm gonna just hit the fun fact, I'm gonna say it's a fucked up story for next week. Just so y'all know, it's in relation to Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears. Weirdos. Um, <clears throat> but fun fact. <laughs> if you don't sing like Russell, you might want to shut your ass up in North Carolina because it is illegal to sing off-key in that state. <laughs> this has been episode 115. Fick one, it, thick it, 15. You feel me? Of Not politically Correct. It's your boy, Rick McCoy. Okay, with what they do, aka young Splash Guy. You know where I'm at on the social medias. Cody's
2: gone. Russ... Hey, you can find me in the stuff I said earlier
0: you dig and on that note as always gang